welcome to Faith City Podcast with your lead pastor, Kevin Wright. For more podcasts, news, and upcoming events, please check out www.myfaithcity.org. And uh, it's released from depression. Time to be released from depression. Now, many people struggle in life with baggage, and we've been talking about what baggage is, and there are... People carry around a lot of baggage. Let's face it. No matter who you are, you have a opportunity to carry around some type of baggage. Now, um, it could be that uh, a past marriage. It could be that someone hurt you when you were younger. It could be someone said something about you. You'll never be anything. You'll never amount to anything. And you just believed it. It could be that... uh, a church hurt you, you went to a church and you just, the pastor said something or the pastor did something to you and you just related that to all churches, that all churches are like this, they're all out to get you and you just kind of carry baggage for the rest of your life thinking out of that one church, all churches must be this way. It could be a, a relative, maybe um, somebody in your family hurt you. And you just decided you weren't going to trust anymore because of that one person hurt you. It could have been a tragedy in your life that you never wanted to happen. And you just kind of like blame God about that tragedy your whole entire life. So you're viewing everything out of one tragedy. And you just think God's a bad God. And we just carry this baggage through life. And how many people know God doesn't want us carrying any baggage? It's not God's will for you to just carry baggage through life. And, and this is the biggest one of them all. Everybody say depression. Depression is caused because you have carried baggage and you're just kind of like, you're surrounded around baggage. Stuff that you've just let get in your life and rent space in your life and you just seem trapped and you seem hopeless. And you seem there's like there's no way out of this. Are you hearing me this morning? But how many people know that when Jesus is involved, there's always a way out? I said when Jesus is involved, there's always a way out. You know, it could be, it's one thing to be addicted to something. It's another thing to have baggage of someone, you know, really hurt you. It's a whole nother ball game when it's depression. Because depression puts you to bed at night, and depression wakes you up in the morning. This is the reason why people kill themselves, commit suicide, is because of hopelessness, depression. It's a major, major issue. It's a major issue. If it wasn't major, these people wouldn't be on antidepressants. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. I'm just saying this is the reason why people go on it. It's because their mind gets so cloudy and they're trying to clear those little clutters in their mind. They're trying to clear things up here so they can get more focused. That's the reason why people do that. And I understand it. I'm not against it. If it makes their mind more clear up here, you know, do it. But I believe Jesus is the ultimate clarity. Amen. And this is the reason why people commit suicide. And you say, man, um, I've never, I'm a good person. I'm a good person, Pastor. How could I ever, ever be depressed? There was a lot of good people in the Bible that were depressed. Did you know Moses, the greatest leader, handpicked by God, had God's power on his life. But in Numbers 11, 
chapter 15, he said to God, if thou deal with me, kill me, I pray thee. I don't know when the last time that's been one of your prayers, that life has gotten so hard on you that you pray, God, kill me. But Moses, the guy, you know this guy, the guy who wrote the Ten Commandments. Do y'all know about this guy? This guy was handpicked by God. Saw God in a burning bush. I mean, this was a, a man that went on the mountaintop, met with God, felt God's presence, and he prayed a little prayer, God, kill me. Joshua 7.7 7 says this, it says, Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. So this is what we get for serving God. He said, after a great defeat, he, he was actually so depressed and so upset against God. Another great man of God, Elijah, the greatest prophet in the Old Testament, willing to challenge idolatry of his day. 1 Kings 19.4 He requested for himself that he might die. And he said, is it enough now, O Lord? Take away my life. Take away my life. And the reason why I really wanted to show you that no, if, if you're depressed in here, I want you to know you're not the only one that's ever been depressed. These are great men of God. You think sometimes depressed people are only people that, you know, are just struggling. People are on drugs and, and they're just, you know, they've got reasons to be depressed. These are men of God that God used, but they had low points in their life where they felt depressed. I have been at a low point in my life where I was depressed. I can't even tell you how many times I've fought depression as a pastor. Where, you know, Sundays used to, at one time, Sundays was the worst part of my day after church. Wondering where so-and-so was, wondering why the offering, why we didn't meet budget. And, and I'd get depressed over it. And finally I just said, God, you take it. And I had to learn how to go home on Sundays. Wondering like, why? Is this church not good enough for people to be here? You know, the devil just is a liar. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. Do you think anybody can be depressed? Anybody has the capability of being depressed. Job says in Job 3.3, he said, Let the day perish in which I was born. Job even felt like at one time that he wished he wasn't even born. Have you ever heard someone say such a comment? I was on the phone recently with someone. They said, man, I, I, don't, I just wish I wasn't even born. That's a major thing to say about yourself. It's someone that doesn't have, they've lost all hope and they don't even feel like that God has a destiny on their life and there's a reason for living. That's somebody that's so um, broken hearted and hurt by life that they didn't even feel like they wanted to live. They just felt beat up and, and, and they just get to the place they just didn't even want to live. It happens all the time. Happens all the time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be uh, shocked in Japan right now if somebody woke up this morning feeling like they didn't even want to be alive. Depression. It's a serious, serious sickness. Depression. You know, I can see when people are in depression. Depressed people, they cling to something. You know, um, there, there are people that cling to the Internet and that's all they do is spend all their time on the Internet. They're depressed. You know, I know people right now, that's all they do. They just get on the Internet and that's what they do all day. This is an all-day ordeal on the Internet all the time. It could be drugs. It could be anything. 
But when we get this word depression, it is a major attack of the enemy because if Satan can get you feeling like you should like you wasn't even supposed to be born, he can try to kill, steal, and destroy your life. I'm, I'm here to bring good news. I'm going to get to the good news in a minute. Jonah, he wanted God to kill him and was spiritually depressed and not even happy for all the souls that just got saved in Nineveh. He even feel like, you know, he disobeyed God. He didn't even feel like living. And then even after he repented to God and God and won all those souls in Nineveh, he still didn't want to live because he was thinking of the past, how he didn't obey God. Paul, the Apostle Paul, I can't tell you how many times Paul was depressed. This great man of God, used to God, wrote the epistles of the Bible, but there were times he did not even want to live. And there was a time he wrote something, he said, to die is gain. He even felt, one time, I'd rather die than live. It would even be a blessing if I checked out. More and more opportunities for depression will happen today and what we're seeing around the world. This is a major, I said major, it's just a major time in life, isn't it? Earthquakes, tsunamis, murder, everything, the economy, the There are so many opportunities for you to get depressed. You don't even have to look for it. Just watch the news for 10 minutes and you'll be depressed. 10 minutes of watching the news, you'll think, Dear God, what's going to happen to Titusville? I don't need anybody around me at this point in time in my life talking about how and what is going to happen to Titusville. I pastor a church in Titusville. Don't talk to me. Amen. Well, you know, all these people, you know, there's going to be a ghost town. Don't talk to me. Go talk somewhere else. Don't talk to me. I pastor people in Titusville. I live in Titusville. I love Titusville. I don't care what anybody else thinks about Titusville. I love Titusville. I live here. I raise my family here. It's a good place. I love fishing right here, 10 minutes at my back door. I love red fishing on that flat back there where I caught a 29-inch redfish last week right there. I love that. Amen. I love Hallover Canal where I lost a big, giant fish. I almost threw my pole in afterwards. Lost a big old fish this week. I was mad. And I, could, I was about to have a fit of carnality is what I call it. I almost threw my pole in, but Tim was with me. And I, he'd say, man, that's our preacher right over there. And I didn't do it. <laughs> Tim gets me his big old uh, giant uh, fish. He says, put this on, see if you catch anything. And I mean, I'm telling you, that fish hit that. It must have been a big old drum. I don't know what it was. My pole was bent. I'm, I, I mean, I could barely lift him off the bottom. I'm going, God, it's huge. I'm praying by this time. I'm I'm praying in a heavenly language by this time. And click, it breaks. I looked at Tim, and I know what he was thinking. Go ahead and cuss. Go ahead and cuss, Pastor. I won't tell nobody. I didn't cuss, I promise. I took my pole and I went, if you wasn't here, if you wasn't here. I'd have thrown that pole in the water where it didn't deserve. That pole didn't deserve to live is what I was thinking. I was battling depression right then for the next 10 minutes. I was actually fighting depression. (laughs) Bless me, Lord. 
And we know Paul struggled with it. So I want to give you some answers right now. Here's the real deal with depression. It's a silent killer. The real deal with depression is it's a silent killer. You don't even, there's times you don't even know you're depressed. So someone comes along and says, man, you're depressed. You're not happy. You've lost your joy. You've lost your smile. You've lost your passion about life. You're not with us anymore, man. Come on. Where are you at in life? You're not, you're not happy about being here. Where's your joy? Where's what makes you get up in the morning? Where's your passion? Satan has stolen it from you. You need it back in life. It's a silent killer. So if you're depressed, number one, you need to seek help. I think I may have that up there. Seek help. Take off your mask and be honest where you are in life. If you need free from depression, you got to just learn to say, man, I am depressed. I need somebody to help me. You need to seek help. This is why we have a church. So we can help you. Bury your pride. What will people think of me if they hear that I'm hurting and I've got things wrong in my life and I don't know what to do? What will people think? Who cares? Who cares? This is your life we're talking about. Get your butt to church. Get up out of bed. Get to church. Tell some I'm here. How you doing, brother? Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm doing just fine. Now stop lying and say, what's going on, man? What's really going on? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, man, I've been struggling. I, I fell this week. You know, I kind of did some things I shouldn't have did, and I just feel horrible about it. I just can't recover from it. Well, brother, do you know the Bible says that God forgives you of your sins? Have you confessed your sin? Yeah, I've confessed. I, I've told God I'm sorry a hundred times. Well, don't you know the Lord forgave you the first time? Yeah, I understand that. Have you forgiven yourself? No. You need to forgive yourself. Well, how do you forgive yourself? Well, watch this. I forgive myself. I'm moving on. And I'm going to focus on the blood of Jesus. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, two are better, better than one because they have a good return on their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. This is when it's good to have somebody in your life that can speak into your life. If you don't have someone in your life that can correct you, then if you, you just can't be corrected. I mean, you, someone says, hey... You don't have it right in your life right now. And you're just like, don't tell me what to do. I'm gone. I'm leaving the church. Then you're not ready. You're not ready for help. Until someone can speak into your life and say, you're missing it right here. Yeah, I know I'm depressed, but here's where you need to change. Oh, I can't change. No, you're not ready for change. If you're depressed today, you're not ready for a change. If someone can't speak into your life. I'm talking about the areas that... You've got to keep out sign on. I'm talking about the areas that you don't let anybody into your life. If you want change and you want help, the first thing you need is you need someone to be able to speak into your life. And you need to be able to say some little words called, I was wrong. I'm wrong. You know what? This is where the enemy has been getting me. I need to correct this. So how and where should you seek help? You know, this is the reason why our church has a life group. 
This is why we have life groups. This is our life group leaders. This is why we want to grow. We want to have hundreds of life groups one day so people can get around real people at real places and say, I need help. Your pastor, you ought to be able to call me and say, man, you know, I saw you on Sunday. My, my, the phone number's here on your bulletin. Call me if you need help. I'm here, to, I'm here to go through life with you. Tell me if you need help. I'll stand with you. I'll meet with you. I'll meet with your kids. I'll meet with you. And I'll walk through life with you. That's what a pastor does. Well, you know, someone said the other day, what do you do for a full-time job? I know you work at the church, but what do you do for a full-time job? How about I just smack you right now? How about I smack you? This is what I do full-time. This is what I do double full-time. I work sometimes 60 cents. This is a a no-retirement job here. I don't retire from this. This is what I do all the time is think about you and your children and your family and pastoring you. This is what I do. Amen. I take the the calls at 12 midnight while everybody's sleeping and somebody's on the other line wanting to commit suicide. I take the call. I run to the hospital when somebody gets in the hospital. I run to them. I was on my way out that door when I got that call from Tony. Tim had his fishing pole in his hand. Not Tony. He he couldn't call me. He was too busy getting life breed back into him. I got the call and I, I had my fishing shorts on. And we're, I'm ready to go fishing. I get a call. Tony's in the hospital. Guys, go ahead without me. I'm gone. Go. Get on, get on some pants, run down there, and ready to be there. This is what I do. Call on me if you need help. Amen. You need a spiritual mentor. Everybody needs somebody that can speak into your life. The reason why people are depressed is they close doors from people speaking into their life. They've got to allow a door to be coming back into their life. And they've got to do what the mentor says. At one time, I had a relationship where a person really hurt me really bad. And I went through a great depression. Everything seemed so dark. And every time I talked to somebody, I'd give them my story. And you know, the more you talk about your problems... The greater those problems become. You got every time you talk to him, you give him your sob story and you tell him and you just magnify the problem. And then one day the Lord said, only tell two people about your problem, your mentors. Everybody else, if they ask you about the problem, tell them I'm doing, I'm doing okay, I'm dealing with it, and we're getting better. And I, I stopped talking about my problem to all these people, and I only had two or three people that I told about my problem. And the rest, I just started magnifying the answer. Jesus Christ is going to get me out of this. He's going to heal my broken heart. And listen, if you've had a broken heart, there is nothing worse, more painful than when someone breaks your heart. When someone walks out of your life, there is nothing more painful than that. And you have to deal with that. You have to deal with the realities of that hurt. And you just got to say, man, I need some help. And you get the help. You have somebody that walks through life with you. I had to practice leaving the house because depression just wants to sit and soak on all the problems. I had to get up and I had to walk out of that house and say, I choose, I'm not going to be depressed. I had to make myself walk out of that house. There was even a time I had to practice smiling. You crazy, Pastor. No, I'm just choosing. I will not. I refuse not to be depressed. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? If not, we'll go ahead and end and we'll leave. All right, I need, come on, come on. 
Lots of times, and I'm almost done because there's no way I can finish. Lots of times we try to fix ourselves. I got good news. I got news for you. You can't fix yourself without Jesus. You need his help. Everybody say, I need his help. So many times we try to maybe self-medicate ourselves. We self-medicate by sleeping pills. We try to deal with our problems by working all the time. Man, just become a workaholic. We try to work harder and harder. Sometimes we put the funny mask on. We just, we're, everything's a joke. Everything's just playing around all the time. We just, sometimes it's sarcasm, sarcasm, internet, porn, alcohol. Shall I go on? Somebody will find a way to medicate themselves of depression. Psalms 147.3 says, God heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. And number two, let's get there and I'll just hurry up through this. You want me to hurry? All right. I, I, I will have to stop soon. Seek Jehovah Rapha. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. If you've had a broken heart, God wants to heal your broken heart. Of course, you'll see there's been some hurt, but He can heal you today. He can heal your broken heart. Everybody say, He can heal me. God alone is the source of our healing. Isaiah says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the freedom of the captives, and release from darkness the prisoners, to comfort all those who mourn, to bestow on the crown of beauty instead of ashes, instead of shame of double portion, instead of disgrace and inheritance for an everlasting joy will be theirs. And number three, God wants to turn your hurts into harvest. God wants to turn your hurts into harvest. Say that after me. God wants to turn your hurts into harvest. Places that used to be baggage, places that used to be hurts, God wants to turn those hurts into harvest. How does He do that? Well, at one time I was hurt because I had a broken relationship. And now God can use me to help people that have had a broken relationship. I can say, hey, I've been there. God can use me that where I've had family hurt me in my life. I, God can use that to, to help me get to other people that have been hurt with their family. God wants to turn your hurts into harvest. He doesn't want you to stay hurt forever. Go ahead and stand with us today. We're almost done. God is saying to you right now, let me take your baggage. Let me take this baggage If you're in constant pain, He wants to grab that pain for you. I'll read you this. You can't get past the decisions that you've made in the past. And He says, let me have it. Let me take this from you. And He's walking through this room at our church right now. And He's grabbing your baggage. He says, let me have it. Let me take this from you. And over 2,000 years ago, he stumbled to the cross and he sat there and he got a horrific death for me and a horrific death for you. And he's taking your baggage. He's taking your baggage. He's taking your baggage and he's throwing them away and he's standing before you right now and he's holding out his hands and he's saying, listen, I want to heal you. I've got a brand new heart for you.
And some of you say, man, I really can't trust. I've always had trust issues in life. I want you to know, he's saying to you right now, you can trust me. You can trust Jesus today. He wants to take it. But if you're going to stand there today and you're like, man, I got my baggage. There's no, you got this hard grip on it and you won't even let Jesus take it from you. It says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He wants your baggage. Because it's not baggage. Marion, his baggage, your baggage, is, it's not heavy for him. He wants to take it from you. All you have to do, look, is release that baggage to him. Release it. And once you release it, once I release that broken relationship that I had, that pain, that hurt that I had, I released it. And every time it tried to come in back into my life, I said, no, you're not coming back into my life. I'm free from that depression. I'm free from that hurt. I am free from depression. I refuse to let the devil have me another moment. What you need right now is God's presence. What you need right now is His presence upon you, knowing that He will never leave you nor forsake you. One of the first first scriptures I've ever memorized in my life, God will never leave me nor forsake me. You know what that says? No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through right now, God will never leave you nor forsake you. You've had people walk out of your life. you had people hurt you. You've had things said to you, but God will never say ugly things to you. God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Are you hearing me today? He'll never do it. Somebody say never. Let me pray for you right now. You're standing here today and you say, Pastor Kevin, as your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, you're saying right now, man, uh, I got a lot of baggage. Yeah, and your pride would say, don't tell anybody about your baggage. Don't, don't, don't raise your hand when he asks you to. Um, and that's just the enemy. But you're standing here, you say, I got some baggage I need to let go. We're going to let go of it together. But before I give that opportunity, I want you to raise your hand if you're in here and you got baggage in your life and you got to let go of some baggage. Would you just slip your hand up while every head's bowed and every eye's closed? God bless you. I see your hands. You got some baggage and you just need to let it go today once and for all. You need to let this go. It could be a past marriage. It could be a divorce. It could be, it could be anything. It could be anybody. It could be some place. You got to let it go. It could be a memory that has haunted you your whole entire life. A memory of something. God wants to take that, that memory and that baggage. He wants to take it from you today. Now hold your hands. We did this last week. Look, take your hands. And we're going to release that baggage today. And when we release it, we're going to let it go. And it's never going to come back. Listen, it'll try to come back. We're never get, It's going to lose. Look at me. It's going to lose its power to come back into your life. It'll knock on the door. But it's going to lose its power to come back and control you another day, another moment. You're going to have to make some decisions. Once you let it go, you're going to say, I will never, never get depressed like that again. I'll never allow the enemy. And if you ever feel like you're doing it, what are you going to do? You're going to find somebody. You're going to talk to them about it and say, I need some help. I need help in this. I really need some prayer. You're going to talk to me, somebody at the church. But you're not going to stay in battle life by yourself another minute. This is why church is so important. I, I can't. 
can't tell you enough is we're not supposed to do life by ourselves. We're supposed to do life with people that, that believe that we're supposed to succeed and we're not supposed to be depressed. You know, depression will keep you out of your destiny. There are preachers that are depressed. There are musicians that are depressed. There's young people that are depressing and they're cutting themselves and hurting themselves. But God wants to deliver them. He wants to deliver them because He has a great destiny upon them. God's will is not for you to die early life. He doesn't want you to kill yourself. Abort God's plan for your life. He wants you to be filled with His calling on you. Aren't you glad that I didn't stay depressed, Tony? You know when I was depressed, man, I was like a... Man, I was so depressed. Man, aren't you glad I didn't stay depressed? Aren't you? It, it would have kept me from my calling. Aren't you glad I didn't go start partying on the weekends and look look for all the uh, chicks at the club? And and I mean, I'm serious. I mean, I could have did that. I could have did what everybody else does when they go through hell. They go find the darkest place at the club. They get up in the corner. They lean up on the wall and they watch all the girls walk by and and they're just trying to put a band-aid on. What only God can do is heal you. They try to drink the pain away. They do pills, try to make the pain go away through pills. But only Jesus can take your baggage away from you and totally lighten the load for life. Why does He want to do it? He wants you to be the person He's called you to be. Are y'all ready? Close your hands. Now, Lord, you saw the hands and you saw the people who didn't raise their hand. Close your hands, Faith City. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you took our baggage upon the cross. You took every bit of pain and every bit of suffering and every bit of hurt and you put it on your shoulders. And when you're on that cross, we were on your mind. You thought of us. You thought of Kevin Wright thought of Mary Moody, you thought of Todd, you thought of Earl, you thought of Nancy, you thought of Lauren, you thought of Kyle, you thought of Kyler, you thought of so many people on that cross. On that cross, Lord, you thought of Pete, who I met for the first time today, on his way to North Carolina. On that cross, thought of Andrea he thought of John and Jen he thought of our children he thought of every bit of the baggage and that's why you were there and now Lord there's people presented before you this morning Lord they've had life a little bit hard we've had life really hard it's not so easy right now to, to live in the earth So much distraction, so much hurt, so much pain. Lord, it's not easy. Sometimes we just, while we're going through life, we just pick things up we should have never picked up. We pick up the past, we pick up the present, we pick up things. And Lord, it's in our hand this morning. And you know what it is, and God knows what it is. It's here, Lord. And and Lord, you see it. You see it, Father. And right now, Lord, your children... We say to you, God, we don't want this baggage anymore. We don't want this hurt. We don't want anything controlling our lives anymore. And we, right now, we release it. Now release it out of your hands. We give it to you, God. 
It has no more control on our life. We are free this morning. We are free from depression. We are free from depression. Say it out loud. I am free from depression in the name of Jesus. Depression, I break your power over these people's lives. Addiction, I break your power.